Please remain standing as we read our scripture reading this morning. Our scripture reading will come from two places. The first one comes from the book of Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. Verses 3 to 5. Isaiah 40, verses 3 to 5. Now let me remind you that this prophecy that you are going to hear from Isaiah 40 is concerning John the Baptist. And you will see that being fulfilled in John chapter 1 this morning. Isaiah 40, beginning from verse 3 to 5. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Amen. Now turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. Those of you who are here for the first time, every Sunday morning we are going through the Gospel of John. And this morning we will be in chapter 1, 19 to 28. I will read it. In the name of Christ our Savior. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. So they say to him, Who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said, Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him then, why are you baptizing if you are not neither the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. Even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, as we now, each and every one of us, open our ears and our hearts toward the preaching of your word, we pray that as hearers of your word, We will be like that plant in someone, being planted by the streams of water, 
and takes everything that it needed so that it would prosper, prosper spiritually. Lord, we pray that you would make us like that plant this morning and that you would prosper us in the Christian life. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. You may be seated. If uh, each of you were to make a list of some of the most prominent people in the New Testament, several people might come to your minds immediately. Of course, the number one would be our Lord Jesus Christ. And then maybe the next one would be the Apostle Paul. And then maybe John, the beloved disciple, would follow. But this morning I suspect that one of the people, one person who may not make it near to the top of your list would be John the Baptist. I don't know how many of you would put John the Baptist on the top of your list. However, Jesus, our Lord Jesus Christ, put John on the top of his list. In Matthew eleven eleven, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Our Lord Jesus Christ paid him the highest tribute. Now the question is why? Why do you think our Lord Jesus Christ put John the Baptist on the top list of those true and faithful ministers of the gospel? As a witness of the light, why? Why do you think Jesus commended the Apostle Paul the way he commended him? Was it because of his tribe? Was it because of his blood ties with Aaron, the high priest? Was it because of his miraculous birth? Was it because of his father, Zechariah, the priest in Israel? who was well known in Israel, well respected in Israel. Was it because of him being sent by God directly? Was it because of his preaching? Because his preaching was so powerful and people in Judea were coming to the desert to hear his preaching. Do you think Jesus based his commendation on those qualities that John had in his life? No. The reason why Jesus commended John the Baptist the way he did was because of his humility. It was because in John's life and ministry, his service to God, Jesus remained to be on the top of his list. 
the lesson that we all need to take from our text this morning, from the testimony of John the Baptist about Jesus Christ, is this. Listen to this carefully. You will see the importance of this in every section of our text this morning. Christ must remain to be the focus of our service as we carry out our callings to Him. Not us, not self, but Jesus should remain to be the focus, the top on the list in our service to God. And we'll expound this under three considerations this morning taken from our text. The first, first we'll consider the question and then we'll consider the confession and then we'll consider the clarification. You will see these three things being unfolded in our text this morning. The question, the confession, and the clarification. In verses 19 and 20, you have the question, and this is the testimony of John. When the Jews were sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. Now, beloved, why, why, do, why do you think the Jews sent the priests and the Levites? You know, the priests were the sons of Aaron, responsible in the religious work of the temple. The Levites were, you know, those who were administering um, all the things that goes on in the temple. And they came, you know, accompanying the priests to protect them. They were like their bodyguards. In case something happens to them, they were there to protect them. But the priests were there to question John. They were questioners because they know the scripture. And they were sent by the Pharisees in Jerusalem, the Sanhedrin. And you all remember from our study in the Gospel of Mark who the Sanhedrin were. Pharisees and religious leaders of Jesus' time. Why do you think they sent these priests and Levites to John to ask him who he was? You will find the reason in Matthew 3. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Preaching in the wilderness. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore a garment of camel's hair and leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem, listen to this, Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about Jordan were going out to him. And they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. You see, this movement was a threat to the Pharisees and the priests in Israel. His preaching 
what he was doing. The fact that people were leaving them and they were going to the wilderness to hear John the Baptist became a threat. So they said to one another, we'll send a delegation to John, we'll ask him who he is, if he's the Messiah, we'll align with him. If he's not the Messiah, we'll kill him. That's why they came. Because they were expecting a Messiah, a political hero who would deliver them from the Romans. They were not interested in repentance, faith, the kingdom of righteousness. These are politicians. They, they never inclined to religion but to politics. That's why they sent this delegation to John. And the question was, who are you? Tell us who you are. What should we tell, tell the Sanhedrin in Jerusalem about you? We are messengers. We, we are you know, a delegation from Jerusalem, which is the center of religion in Israel. And notice John's response in verse 20. I am not the Christ. I am not the Christ. That implies, you see, the reason behind that question was, are you the Christ? Are you the Messiah? Tell us who you are. And John said, I'm not the Christ. Notice how uh, the writer John put his answer together. By saying, he confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not Christ. Why all this repetition? Why is John, what is John telling you? By compiling uh, John's response in this way. This is what he's telling you. First, John confessed that he was not the Christ, the Messiah. And then secondly, he didn't deny that Jesus was the Messiah. In other words, he was telling them, yes, you need to be worried about the Messiah who is here. You need to repent. You need to know him. You need to bow down and worship him. He is the king of Israel. But at the same time, I'm not he. You see the humility. You see how humble John was. How, you see, Jesus... revolved around his life and ministry. Not John, not his identity, not his race, not his riches, but Jesus was revolving around his life. Jesus was on the top of his list. I'm not the Messiah, I'm not the Christ. Why are you asking me that question? And he introduces them to this term, Christ, the term Christ in the Gospel of John, for the first time, Christ. In the Greek translation of the Old Testament, it is Christos. And then in the Hebrew language, it is Mashiach, which means the appointed king. The anointed, the appointed king. Son of God, one who has been anointed, pouring out of oil. In those days, a person was anointed for a task. Aaron was anointed to become the high priest. 
The, the prophets were anointed. They were ordained for a specific task of ministry to witness to God. But more than anything else, you see, Christ points them to the appointed king of Israel. Now you see the reason behind their question. If John says, yes, I'm, I'm the Christ, I'm the Messiah, he's claiming to be the king of Israel. And then they will go to Herod, and they will tell Herod, you know, this man is claiming to be a king, and they will execute him. They will kill him. And John said, no, I am not the Christ. I am not the true king of Israel who is here. I am not the Lord of the kingdom that you need to worry about. This was in line with what has been said about him. You remember in, in this chapter, in verse 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. Now listen to this. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. John is now, you know, speaking in, you know, keeping in this line. Today, Sadly, we hear many people who claim to be preachers. You know, we hear them claiming to be what? To be small Christs sometimes. They claim to be, you know, Jesus is our brother and we are next in line. God speaks to us directly the same way that he was speaking to Christ the Messiah. That's why they, what they claim. They claim to be Christ. But John said, no, I'm not the Christ. You know, put your, your eyes away from me. Remove them from me. I'm not the Christ. Don't worship me. I should never become the object of your worship. I should, I should never become the center of your life. It is Christ. It is the Messiah. It is not John the Baptist. In John 3, beginning from verse 25, you remember what happened in John 3, beginning from verse 25. Now, a discussion arose between some of John's disciples and a Jew over purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, teacher, you see, he was a teacher, respected teacher in Israel. They were calling him Rabbi. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you across the Jordan to whom you bore witness, look, he's baptizing. All are going to him. John answered, a person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. He must increase and I must decrease. In fact, John compared himself with the best man, not the bridegroom. You know, next Saturday, when, uh, 
when Waldab, you know, becomes the bridegroom, he will be the focus of all the people, not the pastor, not the you know, friends, you know, organizers, but, you know, Waldab and Tanya will be the focus. Not the best man, the bridegroom. It's like that. He is the bridegroom. He should be our focus. Not us. Not our talent. But Jesus should be the focus of everything we do in this life. Our service to Christ. Secondly, notice the confession in verse 21. They say to him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. They are anointed him. But first we see, you know, them asking him, are you Elijah? Why? Why are they thinking of Elijah? Because they know the Old Testament. They know a prophecy in the Old Testament concerning Elijah the prophet, who never died. And in Malachi 4, 5, behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn hearts of fathers to their children, and hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. You see, the belief in Israel was before the Messiah arrives, the prophet Elijah will come to prepare the way for the Messiah. But when we come to the New Testament, you see, the New Testament makes it clear to us in Luke 1, 16 and 17. And he will turn many of the children, this is what the angel told his father, Zechariah, in the temple, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. Not in person, but in the spirit and power of Elijah. So what they misunderstood was, Malachi was speaking about John the Baptist coming before the arrival of the the king, Jesus, to prepare the way. But he will come in the spirit of Elijah, in the spirit and the power of Elijah. And if if you look into his life, he was living in the wilderness, he was dressing the same way that Elijah was dressing, and his preaching was so powerful, like Elijah's preaching. Many followed him, many came to him. He said, I'm not Elijah in person. In spirit, yes. But I am not Elijah. And then they said, are you the prophet? Why? Why are they thinking about a prophet? Again, they're basing their question on the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 18.15. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me. This is Moses. From among you, from your brothers, it is to him you shall listen. Again, this is a prophecy about the Messiah, the greater uh, Moses, to whom everyone must listen. Jesus, our 
our uh, greatest prophet is, was perfect. Through him, salvation is available to every nation, tribe, and tongue. So this prophecy was about Jesus. And John, you see, told them, I'm not Elijah. I'm not the prophet. Then notice what they said in verse 22. So they say to him, who are you? We need to give an, an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? You know, they were saying, listen, we are here not to go back to Jerusalem empty hand. We should take something from you. You should tell us something about you. You are prominent. People are following you. Many have come to this place to listen to you. There is something that you can tell us about you. Tell us that you are someone, someone prominent, someone greater than others. Now listen to John. John answered to them, I am the voice. I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. I am a voice. Imagine someone coming to you and he asks you, you know, I, I, I really want to know you. Tell me who you are. And then you stretch your hand and you say to the person, I'm a voice, glad to meet you. The person will think you are insane. But John said, I'm a voice. I don't have an independent importance of my own. I'm just a voice to tell everyone to repent, to have faith in Christ, the Son of God. I'm a voice. John's focus was Christ. John was saying, look, I don't possess any importance of my own. Jesus is important for me and for you. I'm just a voice, a messenger, a herald for King Jesus. Amazing, you see, he could have said, I am John, the son of Zechariah. He could have said, I am the one who sent by God, prominent preacher in Israel. He could even have said, you know, I am Jesus' cousin. He was six months older than Jesus. He was Jesus' cousin. He could have said, I am Jesus' cousin. You don't know me? But he was saying, I'm nobody. I'm a voice. I'm a voice for Jesus. He must increase, but I must decrease. I want Jesus to be seen in me, my service to him and to his children. That's what the desire of my heart is. This, beloved, is the true character of God's servant. God's servant who died for self. God's servant who doesn't make himself the center of attention. The focus of everyone around him. But someone who died for self. Have we died for self? God forbid 
Sometimes in our service to God, we really want, you know, everything to revolve around us and people to think about us for us to become the center of the, you know, the attention. And then the moment we think, I'm no more the focus, I'm no more the center, and then we just abandon the work of God's kingdom. We become disinterested in the things of God and the fellowship of his people. Beloved, we need to learn from John the Baptist, whose life and service to God was for the glory of God. Remember what Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. You see his testimony of Jesus. In his testimony of Jesus, John the Baptist exalted Jesus in his life and his ministry. He didn't give them any reason to think that he was actually the focus. And finally, finally, they say to him, they asked him, then why are you baptizing? If you are neither the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet, John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. Amazing. Now, think about their question. If you are not the Christ, if you are not Elijah, if you are not the prophet, why are you baptizing people? Why are you using this uh, symbol of cleansing? And you are telling people, you can be cleansed through my ministry. Why are you doing this? And John said, I'm only baptizing you by water. But the one who is coming, who is greater than me, who is mightier than me, she will baptize you by the Holy Spirit and fire. He will regenerate your heart. He will convert you. Change your life. And at the end, he will judge all sinners who refuse to repent. He has his blood being shed on the cross to cleanse you from your sins. He has the power of the Holy Spirit to, to convert and transform your life. And he is also the king to judge. And John said, you don't know him, but you need to know him. You need to know him. You need to repent. You need to be humble, poor in spirit, embrace the gospel, believe in the Son of God. And then you will escape his wrath as a king. But his blood will wash your, all your sins away. Now, beloved, listen to this. Sometimes we make this big mistake by saying this kind of witnessing is peculiar only to John the Baptist. It's peculiar only to preachers. But let me remind you that every one of us believers 
Christians, we have a duty to be witnesses of Christ. Jesus said, I chose you. I chose you. You didn't choose me. I chose you, but I chose you to bear fruit for me. Jesus said, you are the salt and the light of the world. Is that only for John the Baptist? Is that only for preachers like me? No, that's for all of us. Because every one of us have been called to service. To serve God with the gift that he has given us. The question is, do we serve him humbly like John the Baptist? Do we tell people he's, he's, he should be a focus, not me. He should be a focus. Let's decrease so that he would be Increase. And then everyone will see Christ. Not some other person, but Christ. And all our eyes, all our hearts will meet in Jesus. And our walk with the Lord will become beautiful. Because our eyes are fixed on Christ. The author and the perfecter of our faith. So this morning, you see, God is calling us by his word to be witnesses of Christ. Witness of Christ like John the Baptist. Amen. Let's pray. Our gracious and heavenly Father, Lord, grant us a great sense of humility to remind ourselves right now, at this moment, this message is indeed for me. I need to humble myself and make Jesus the focus of my life in my calling, in my service to him. Grant us your Holy Spirit so that we would fulfill that in our Christian life. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.